great. We do have a lot going on today. Um, good stuff and some sad stuff, but good. Sad but good. Um, you can have both, right? So before we kick everything off, let's, uh, let's stand up. We have the creed to go through, and then we have um, our new scripture memory verse for this month. Right? We do it by the month. Yes. Okay, good. All right. All right, cool. All right, let's go through the creed. Um, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through Him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, He came down from heaven, was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, He rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and His kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who together with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. If you guys ever have any questions about the, this creed, please see us. Because there are a couple things. We, we reference the Catholic and, and all of that pretty, pretty frequently. But uh, there has been some other things that have come up. So we'd be happy to go through it. It's not a, a really quick little conversation. Um, but we're happy to, to talk about it. Because this is, it really is what we believe. You know, and we want to really lock in with that. Because it, it really touches on all of the tenets of... Uh, of our understanding of who God is and uh, our place in that whole thing too. So, and what has been done for us. So now we have a new memory verse, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. We figured we'd make it pretty easy, you know? So almost everyone knows this verse, I would imagine. So let's just go through it. And maybe you don't have to look. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. See, I have it memorized a different way. He will direct your paths. You know, so, but, so we, should, we should be able to, to nail that one down pretty well as, the, as a church, um, and how important it is for us to retain all that. It's, um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine yesterday. You guys could sit, I'm sorry. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who I haven't seen for a long time, who uh, is just an excellent, excellent example of, of um, someone who, who loves the Lord, you know? Um, and, uh, and he made a reference to the importance of us, like really filling ourselves with God's word. And he, he referenced the Holy Spirit as the librarian who pulls the, the scripture verses out and applies them to our lives as necessary, which is kind of a cool thought. You know, we have the word in our frame of reference and the Lord helps us to, 
to bring that out. It's renewing our mind. It's changing how we see things. It gives us our new worldview. And our worldview should be lined up with God's word led by his spirit. You know, understanding his word that way. Um, Okay, so now we've done the housekeeping. Now, I would like to take an opportunity. We have an excellent young lady here um, who a lot of you guys know. And uh, she is, the Lord is, is just setting things up that she's going to be moving on from our, our body. And she's going to be moving to another state. And, uh, and, it's, and we're going to miss her. You know, we're going to miss her, but we want to send her off. You know, we want to take the opportunity the elders could come up. Um, Lucy Lynch, she's right here. A lot of you folks know Lucy. She has been, she, as soon as she got, became part of this body, she became an integral, active uh, person in here, a part of it, you know? So, so uh, she's never been kind of like, hey, I'm just going to hang out. She's like, how can I serve? What, how can I, what can I, can I be a member? How do I do these things? So she's, she's just a great example of fervor. To, to do what the Lord wants her to do. So, but the Lord is calling her to a new place. You know, this is a, this is a new place, and uh, she is going to be effective down there like she was here, I'm sure. So uh, we just want to send her off. So, Lucy, if you wouldn't mind coming up. I know this is great because people love to come up in front. <laughs> but, uh, but let's pray for her. You know, let's, if you guys could pray with us, um, we're just going to send her off. Come on, Luce. Come on. Wait, wait. You have to stand. No. Um, all right. All right, guys. Thanks, you. Lord, uh, I'm so, so grateful to see a life changed, um, to see what you're doing in a young lady. Lord God, just making her a godly woman after your heart, Lord God. I pray, God, that you would, you would, um, you would help her. You, we would send her off with with, um, that she would be mighty in spirit, she would be empowered by you, she would, whatever she, she um, is going to do down there, whoever she touches, that she would be able to influence for your purpose, for your kingdom, for your glory, and that, uh, and that she would not be discouraged, but she would find great friends down there and a great church home to, uh, to just grow in and be fed in and to be a part of and to work in. And uh, I thank you so much, Lord, for for bringing her into this, this, uh, this body here and, and uh, the influence that she's had on us. And uh, so grateful. And I just pray that you would you'd bless her beyond her wildest dreams. So we just send her off by your, uh, uh, in, in accordance with uh, what you would, um, you would say in your word. You know, that we're, you're sent. You're sent to go do work for the kingdom. So I praise you, Almighty God, and thank you in... Uh, Lift it up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Love you, Luz. All right. A lot of the influence she had on me was my um, my my weight gain because <laughs> she she bakes really really well and she would come out on Friday nights. Um, she's so faithful, uh, come out on Friday nights to counterculture and uh, always bringing something excellent for, um, to eat and like really, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right. <clears throat> so awesome. All right, let's lift this. Uh, we're going to pray a little bit more. Sorry, but uh, we're going to lift this up. So Lord, and uh, I think Jewel had mentioned that to this, um, this Sunday is obviously it's communion Sunday. So we'll do that at the end of the service. But uh, Lord, 
I just am so grateful for uh, for all that you uh, all that you have established, that you have set up um, your plan that includes us, that we become your children, that we are empowered by your Holy Spirit, that we are given everything that we need for life and godliness, for your glory through our knowledge of him who called us. Lord, thank you so much that we know you and that we can know you and that we can have a living, active relationship with you and that we can be effective for you, that we can shine for you, that we can, we can represent you and be ambassadors for you here. I pray, God, that you would encourage us all to, uh, to take those steps to, to be more like you. Whatever it, whatever it means. And that we would see everything that comes our way as a, uh, as a good thing, really, towards making us virtuous, holy, and righteous before you. So I thank you, Lord, and I lift this all up to you. Pray your blessing on this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so trying to stick in Proverbs, right? So we are doing Proverbs for the summer. And... Um, and last week, if, if, you had, um, if you were here or you listened to the message, we were talking about a path, the path of righteousness, what that looks like, how to be on it, and, um, and how Proverbs kind of lays that path out because we see the character qualities of Christ all through the Proverbs as we read them individually. And um, so I, I, was, I was perusing, perusing, perusing? Um, through Proverbs, and I found a proverb that, that seemed to fit pretty well um, for, to tie in with, with last week. And there's a ton of verses that could tie in. You know, there's, um, and, uh, um, you know it's, it's talking about wisdom and discipline and righteousness and all this stuff. So it's Proverbs 5, 15, 9 through 10. And it says, The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But he loves him who pursues righteousness. There is severe discipline for him who forsakes the way. Whoever hates reproof will die. And I saw that verse and I was like, that's pretty cool because we, we touched on what wickedness look, looks like last week. Um, and in, that, in, in its verb form, it means to depart from the path. And so we have the way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But he loves him who pursues righteousness. Righteousness you know, and, and the way that I had defined it last week, and I, I think it's, it tends to be a little more concrete, as I said, is that it's right wayness. We're on the right path. You know, so we're not departing from the right path. We're on the right path. And uh, so it's kind of cool because there is severe discipline who forsakes the way, the right way, the good way, the straight way. And whoever hates that discipline, whoever hates that reproof, will die. And so, as I'm looking through it, I'm, I'm putting together that wisdom and discipline are so key. And righteousness and discipline work hand in hand. You don't have one without the other. And so, um, because discipline keeps you on the right path. And so, um, there's a ton of passages. And I, I want to throw this out there for you folks, too. Because I've got some, um, some reports that I... I Go through the scriptures like fast, and I have a lot. Um, so, and people are trying to take notes and all that stuff. So, if you want the notes, I have 
I, I saved this. So um, for posterity, of course. But uh, no, I, I save it so that if you do want all the scriptures, you know, just ask me. I'll just I'll print out a copy of my notes and then you'll have them. You know, I'm just trying to make things easier for us, right? You know, we, we look up here, we don't read our Bible, we just look up here. Now I don't even want you to write notes. Um, how easy can it get? No, um, but, uh, but, but for real, you know, I'm happy to do that because I do like to use a lot of scripture because it's right, it's true, you know? And uh, so, and I'd rather hear God's word than my opinion, you know? So, um, so we have a ton of passages in Proverbs and throughout the word taking, talking about discipline, and it's all throughout the word of God. And uh, we're actually going to be spending more time probably in New Testament than in Proverbs, but just to try and, you know, sneak, sneak the Proverbs in for this morning to stay with the theme. Um, so we have, but, but we have a bunch. So I'm, I'm just going to read through some of these. Job 5:17. It says, Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves. Therefore despise not the discipline of the Almighty. In Proverbs 12:1. It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. And Psalms 50, 17 says, for you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. It's not a good place to be. It doesn't say it's not a good place to be, but um, Proverbs 3:11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. You know, so that's just a, a very small sampling of of um, scripture that presents this idea of discipline. And I think it's important for us to, to really think through what, what discipline is and what it isn't. And that's my goal this morning, to try, try and show what discipline is and what it isn't, to show the benefit of discipline and the end of discipline, you know, the end of good discipline and what that, what that looks like. Um, so let's look at what in Hebrew and in Greek, the, the word for discipline means really the same thing. There's one little aspect in the Greek that sets it different than the Hebrew, um, which is it has to do with training a child. But Hebrew is chastisement, reproof, warning, instruction. That's what it means. And the same thing for in the, in the Greek, but it's in reference to a child. So there's that, that aspect of that. There's a child thing there. And that's good. We want to retain that and think about that as we're going through this message this morning. But they're both representing correction or training. So in Ephesians 6.4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You know, that's that. That's what that is. That's what that looks like. And so and that's what discipline is. It's the correction and training and protection in the Lord. Now, what, what is it not? Well, a lot of times we think of discipline as punishment, right? We think, you know, I, I did something wrong, now I'm being punished. And that happens, right? You know, kids, you know, they do something wrong. It's like, well, this is the consequences for your actions. But even when we as, as good parents do that with our children, we're not really punishing them. Because punishment, if you look at what it really means in the scripture, it has everything to do with wrath and vengeance. And if we are treating our children that way, which 
Some parents, some of us have grown up in homes where that's what we see, that it's not about training, correction, protection. It's about wrath and vengeance and anger. Then that's punishment. That is not what discipline is in the Scripture for us. That is not what it is. It's important for us to get a hold of that because I know for me, thinking through you know, my Christian walk over the years, I see like, you know, you, you, you go through these times and you're just like, why? Why am I going through? <laughs> like, like, yeah, I know I deserve all of this, you know, but you know, why? You know, and um, there's good reasons. That, that why is easy to answer in the scripture and it's so fruitful and good for us. Um, in Psalm 149, 6-8, and this is just a, a quick example of what this vengeance and wrath looks like. It says, Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. That is not discipline. Look at what's there. Fetters of iron. You know, bind them with chains. It's not for protection, training, or um, correction. That's to take vengeance on. That is not what the Lord does with us as His children. Um, so discipline is not punishment. It is not for us. Punishment is for the enemies of God, which we once were. And I would encourage you guys, I don't know, like there's a lot of new faces in here. Um, I don't know where everybody is, you know, in the Lord. But I think we have um, the Lord's Supper today. We have an opportunity to examine ourselves. We have, um, we're talking about discipline and punishment, which is, you know, good subject for us to think about as we're examining ourselves. And so I, I would just encourage you, if, if you are not the Lord's, if you do not, if you have not given your life fully to Him, if He is not your father and you're not His child, then there is this discipline is not discipline. It is wrath. And it is punishment. And you don't have to be there. That's not a good place to be. So the Lord is gracious and offers that for us. So I would just encourage you to think about that as we go through this. We can easily get stuck in this mindset that God, as Christians, is punishing us. We've done something wrong. Um, you know, obviously the, 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 uh, the thing that ha the consequence of our wrongdoing is now punishment. But even in that, it's not punishment. It's still for our, our good. You know, we read the passages. This one I don't have written down. So don't worry, Dan. Um, uh, is uh, that all things work together for good, you know, for those who love God. You know, and that's all things. That's not just some things. That's all things, good, bad. You know, it's all those things. And we can't get stuck in that worldview. If we are His and we are His children, then Christ took the punishment for us. The punishment for us was on His shoulders. It was on Him. And as we do this for, to remember we do this, the breaking of the bread and the, and the, uh, the wine, um, remembering his blood, you know, 
remembering his sacrifice for us. Romans 8.1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, there is no condemnation for you. There is no judgment of wrath for you. You belong to Him. You are His child. You are in that position. 1 John says, in 1 John 4, 16-18 says, So we have come to know and to believe the Lord, oh, I'm sorry, the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. We have confidence for the day of judgment because we are His. Because as He is, uh, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. That's not what we have to look forward to. There is no fear in this perfect love because perfect love casts out fear. If we're fearful, it's another good thing to examine ourselves for, you know. Like, what, what does that mean? And I think maybe the message today will help kind of narrow that uh, or, or focus that kind of thought and, and help us really define, you know, maybe I'm understanding things a little bit off. Um, about what punishment and, and discipline looks like. So our relationship with God is not about punishment. So what is it? You know, and we looked at the passage last week uh, um, th- th- in, that I'm going to be talking about in Hebrews. And it directly correlates to staying on the path of righteousness. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And we look at verse 1, it says, this great cloud of witnesses. These, if you look back in, in chapter 11, it talks about all of these, these, um, these great examples. Through faith, they did all these great things. Through faith, they did all these great things. And then at the end of that, it says, and through faith, because of they, they didn't reach what they, were, what they saw. They saw what was ahead, but they never got there. But by faith, they clung to what they knew was, was in line with, with, with getting there. And they, um, and they endured. The end of chapter 11 talks about what they endured. They shed blood. They, they suffered. They went through very difficult times by faith. And so what is the writer of Hebrews here saying to who he's writing to? Which is Hebrews, who maybe Christian Hebrews that he's writing to here. Because the Christian Hebrews at the time you know, they're being kicked out of the synagogue. They're being mocked. They're being persecuted. You know, they're being challenged continually. And they're saying, what is going on? Like, I don't understand why we make this decision or we see and we believe this. We believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And this is what happens. This is what happens to us. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, you got to look at this cloud of witnesses. 
Look at who these people of faith are. Look at what they went through. Look at what they did. And it says, since uh, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He's telling them to run with endurance. Deal with the, the struggle. Deal with it. Why? Because he's, and, and, or not why, but how? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He despised the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. They're going through difficult times, and the writer is telling them, need to endure and be encouraged. Be encouraged because these people went before you. And look at Jesus. Fix your eyes on Him because He endured the cross. In verse 3 it says, Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you? And I'll stop there. Should I stop there? No. Because the next, the next couple words is so important for us to get a hold of. That addresses you as sons. As children of God. That is so important. Because that exec exhortation is directly for us. It says, do not grow weary or faint-hearted. And that ex exhortation is, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when repro reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. This is the encouragement when we're going through difficult times when we're struggling, when we're battling, you know, when, we, when we're persecuted, when we're mocked, you know, we don't face a lot of that in our walk in this culture. There's, there's so much, um, it, like it, it's, it's open for us, you know, for the most part. You know, we're running into new stuff coming in culturally, but, but we, we really don't face a lot of that. But even in our own personal lives, you know, when we, when we are in a situation where we could say, why God? Why is this going? Like, why is this happening? What's going on? You know, it's not for punishment, but it's because we're sons. The Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. That should be encouragement for us. You know, so next time you are in a position where you're like, ah, oh, man, like this morning, I'll give you a good example. This was a great test for me. So um, I'm kind of running a little behind this morning. My one car is not, not great, um, but I can drive it. And so I'm like, all right, great. Okay, I got to get going. I go out to the car, the battery's dead. I'm like, oh. So I'm like, okay, now I got to get the charger, put the charger on it, plug it in. Charger's not working. I'm like, come on, you know, and this is a little thing. I don't, you know, I don't mean to make light of, of uh, real struggle, but, but even those things, it's like, well, there's things to be learned in that, you know, there's character qualities to be learned through that, that represent Christ. And that's the end of the discipline is that we represent him. Um, so we have to remember 
to consider, first of all, this exhortation that addresses us as his children. That he disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. But there's also in this little, that little portion in that exhortation, it says, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Or be weary when reproved by him. And that, if you look at um, some other versions, that word weary is like grow faint. So like be overwhelmed. Or, you know, uh, exasperated with this discipline. You know, so much that you can't handle kind of thing. Um, So we don't want to take his discipline lightly. We want to see everything that comes our way and see it. If it's a correction, is this training me? Is this protecting me from walking off the path of righteousness? We need to take that seriously because we could be like, yeah, yeah, this thing happened, whatever. You know, it's like, no, this is an opportunity to give thanks. Give thanks in all things. Give thanks for all things, says both. You know, um, that it's like, okay, so like it's changing our mind to be in that position to say, Lord, I know that all of this stuff that I'm dealing with and these battles that I'm struggling with are for my benefit because I am your child. If we are his child, it's not for punishment. It's for discipline. And so we have to take that seriously. And we can't be overwhelmed by it. You know, we can't go the other way. It's too far the other way. You know, Um, so it's an extreme. Um, So we should just look at it as we belong to him and give thanks. And in verse 7, it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. He disciplines us for our good, so that we may share in his holiness. If our heart and our desire is to be righteous and to be holy, then we we need to see the difficult things, the struggles that we face. And it could be bad. I, like I, I'm, not, I'm not in a position like really to talk from experience of really, really bad situations. So, but I just know what the Word says. You know, the Word is true. That all of that stuff for us as His children is to make us holy, and to make us virtuous, to make us look like Him. So what is discipline? I've mentioned it a few times. I think it's training, which is, uh, you know, we deal with difficulties, troubles. It's preparing us and growing us in the finished image of Christ. You know, like I mentioned last week, that God is not satisfied with anything less than perfection. And it's not to suggest that we can do that, you know, but that His working in us is that He never stops using training, uh, correcting. Um, He never stops using anything to make us more perfect, to be like Him. That's His goal. 
You know, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, and then we have correction. And when we do veer off the path, you know, we're corrected to steer back onto the path. This can come through circumstances. You reap what you sow. You know, sometimes we mess up, but even in that, the Lord still corrects us. And if we are humble and we hear that, then He puts us back on the path and we again start walking in a way that pleases Him. Galatians 6 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. You know, so we do. <laughs> like, there's consequences for what we do. Stay on the path. Look how easy it is. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we have protection. And I picture it as like guardrails to keep us on the path, you know. Um, and it could be us studying his word. Discipline and studying His Word. It's using discipline in a different way, but, but really studying and being, uh, making yourself available for Him to, to, uh, to work in. And, uh, you know, those that His Word really is uh, like guardrails to keep us on the path. You know, and the more we know it, the more we study it, the better we'll be lined up on that. Um, so discipline really is all these things. But to what end? And I love this. In verse 11, it says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Ah, that's so awesome. We receive the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So the end of the loving fatherly discipline of the Lord is peace in righteousness. We have righteousness that produces peace. So the finish line is that we become like Him and we get to see Him for who He is. That's so cool that when we see Him for who He is, we become like Him. That is our goal. If we belong to Him, man, we, we want to do everything, everything that we can to put Him as the in the, the forefront of our mind to see him as this is Lord, I want to be, I want to be representing you as best that I can in everything. That is the goal. That is the life. That's why when Jesus, um, it, when he calls us, he calls us to give everything, to give up everything, you know, and to follow him. You know, and that is giving up uh, completely of ourselves to allow Him to work His righteousness and His holiness, holiness out in us so that we can be useful for Him in, th in this world and then rejoice when we come and be with Him forever in His glory. That's so cool. That's so cool. First Corinthians eleven twenty three through thirty two. It says, um, "For I received from the Lord." Oh, I'm sorry. We're ready for communion. Um, but uh, but before we get into communion, I just want to um, uh, to really just think about think about. I want I want people to really think about where they're at. Right? Where are you guys at? Where are we all at in our relationship with the Lord? Are there areas that we have to um, 
just kind of just give up to him? Are there um, maybe areas of discipline that we're, we're, we're not really receiving, you know? Or maybe, you know, maybe our worldview or our, our mindset is that, you know, um, I just feel God is angry with me. And that everything that happens to me is because of that kind of thing. Um, I just would encourage you that that's not the case in Christ. You know, I don't I guess I said that a lot today. But, um, but the end of, of God's discipline, which is good, is that, um, you know, we become holy. And that's our goal. But anyway, so examine yourselves as we come up and um, we'll do, do uh, c- communion here. Are you ready, Joel? All right. Always ready. Um, and I would like to uh, actually, I think prior to communion, yeah. So I, w- I would also encourage anybody who does not know the Lord, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord or you're not sure, I would encourage you to come up, you know, um, after. You know, we don't have to come up now. But, uh, but I would encourage you to come up afterwards and talk to me, talk to Aaron, talk to, there's a ton of people here who could, who could walk you through what it means to be a child of God. Because like I said before, if you don't belong to Him, then all you have to look forward to is wrath. You have God's wrath resting on you. Man, that's so terrible. And we were His enemies, and you don't have to be. And you can give Him your life and receive real life in Him. You know, if you don't lay your life down, then you don't get real life. And so, uh, so I would encourage you, if anybody is in here, or if, you're, or if you have questions. And at the end of the service, after communion, I'd like to invite people up. I'll probably say it again, but invite people up for prayer too. You know, we'll take a little time. We, a little early, which is great. I think timing's okay. But um, invite people up for prayer. If you need anything, you know, if you need healing or if you need, um, you know, maybe just, just prayer for wisdom or whatever it is, you know, that's what we're here for. You know, Steve had said it, and I've said it in the past. This is what we live for. You know, there's nothing more exciting than to see the body of Christ grow and do what we're supposed to do, like really grow in him and, uh, and represent him. So, um, so I would encourage you guys to do that.